live from New York, or well, reported in New York. It's the Adobe and Teardrops podcast, your pal, Rachel Post, bringing you all the alt-country, rock and roll, roots music, and more that I think sounds good. It's the Adobe and Teardrops podcast. Well, Grace Pettis, welcome to Adobe and Teardrops. Super exciting to have you. We are recording this in June, but the episode is going to be up on July 9th. Uh, so Sweet. I hope it's hot enough for you. And... It's, it's definitely <laughs> hot enough now. It sounds like it is where you are too. Yeah, it's it's a little sweltering. <laughs> yeah. Here in Texas, that's just kind of like, that's the default setting. I guess we'll see what happens between now and July. But yeah. What already happened was you released an incredible album called Working Woman. Thank you. <laughs> and I played your music on the podcast in the past. This is like this incredibly forceful feminist stance. So that's why I called the episode Papa Don't Lay That Shit On Me. <laughs> <laughs> like that title. We will listen to that song later. But in the meantime, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about the album. You have some incredible collaborators on this yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> Indigo yeah. Girls, Ruthie Foster, um, Dar Williams, yeah, yeah, uh, like the Watson twins, <laughs> uh, Mary Bragg, Gina Chavez, Ruthie Foster, yeah, yeah. So it's basically <laughs> like a, a three decade like cruise through amazing feminist artists. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> we were um, expecting yeah. like maybe one or two of them to say yes. And when they all said yes, we were kind of like, oh my God, what have we gotten into in, a, in the best way? And yeah, I think we just got, we got a little lucky with the timing, you know, being 2020 and all. People were less busy than they are usually, I think. I know that you had like played with Ruthie Foster yeah. at festivals, but did you have like a prior relationships to the other folks? Ruthie Foster and Gina Chavez are friends of mine. Um, and it's, it's incredible that I can like see that they're friends because both of them are like Grammy nominated artists, but they're they're like busy friends. You know what I mean? Some of the other folks that that we brought on were connections of Mary's, my producer, the Watson twins. And and then Rachel Sage, the head of Empress Records, which is my amazing label. She's just one of those that kind of like puts it out there in the universe. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And just sort of swings, swings big. And uh, so she reached out to the Indigo Girls and to Dar Williams and got both of them to say yes somehow with her magic. I don't know how that happened. I, I, I heard a rumor that there was some kind of a letter involved, but somehow they said yes. Well, I mean, I don't think it's somehow. I mean, your writing is <laughs> like so incredible and incisive <laughs> and also like a strong theme throughout your work. What is it to you that, you know, you feel like that pull to talk about this and put it into song format in a genre and in a time where if anybody talks about feminism it's like very like anodyne <laughs> like i'm like 10 years into this game you know after a decade or so like you just start to notice that things kind of suck for women in this industry and, and we we say even the phrase like women in music like like we're some kind of exotic animal at the zoo when we're the majority of the population you know, not just of musicians, but like just humans. After a certain point in time, you just, you kind of stop, because you always sort of say to yourself when you're 20 or whatever, and you're really playing the game because you're young and you're thin and you're white and you're straight in my case, and you really can potentially 
have some success. You know, you're the package that makes sense. But at that point in your career, you're like, if I ever get to a certain level, I'll, I'll use my power for good. And then after a certain while, you turn around and you're 30 and, and you realize you should have been making things better the whole time. When Empress came into the picture because their ethos is so similar to mine, the way they see the world and Rachel and I are kind of kindred spirits that way. So it felt like an opportunity to work with a label that would really get behind that. I don't, I don't think a lot of labels would. I think not because they're like anti-feminism or something, but because, you know, they have their Rolodex of people that they work with who are sure things. Like, we want to put you in the studio with this producer and we want this Grammy winning, you know, mastering guy or we want, you know, these things, whoever they have, you know, their connection with. And working with all women means that you're working with some people who don't have all that stuff on their resume. That takes a little bit of a risk on the, on the part of a label to be like, yes, like we are going to trust you as an artist, as a new artist with your first record with us. We're going to trust your vision on this and and go with you on that. So that felt like an opportunity that I had that kind of a label behind me. I had a little bit of money in my pocket. You know, I had time because it was 2020 <laughs> and I had the song. I had a song called Working Woman that I felt like was the right vehicle. So it all just sort of made sense that, you know, I could do it now and make a concept album about something that really shouldn't be a novel concept, which is like employing women. It's so awesome that you got to do that, that you had like such a, a huge team of people around you making that push too. like yeah. the album goes into like so many different kind of like subgenres of Americana too. And they all sound incredible. Thank so you. yeah, so definitely like for the uh, hat tip to you and then also to Mary for like making it all feel like so cohesive. Yeah, that was definitely Mar Mary Bragg and the engineer in the studio was Rachel Moore and she had a lot to do with that too. And, and so did our mixing engineer, Shawnee. She's just like a genius. So all three of them really were the dream team on that. But yeah, it was, we wanted it to have, you know, it was, it was kind of an interesting, it was a tall order because we wanted the record to, to sound as, as uh, diverse as possible in terms of representing and expressing the female perspective that's a lot of different people's experience and a lot of different perspectives and i'm just one songwriter i can't write it all but we wanted to to put in as much as possible and part of that means like honoring like the different kinds of southern musical traditions that there are too you know what i mean so for that reason i picked any kind of girl which i think is like uh you know a very somber song given like the message but I think it's also like this is not a topic that sexual assault is not really a topic that most people write about and so I wanted to showcase like this song as an example of like how you've been able to tap into discussions of gender and patriarchy and turn it into like three minutes and 30 seconds and it's effective and I think what I'll do is just by contrast for Patreon subscribers I'll include the title track as well so you could <laughs> they're very different songs so you could hear that And yelling, and you want to get mad, you 
wanna fight back But he's got a hundred pounds on you Well, what's he gonna do if you raise your voice? Ain't no telling It's a hard world And make no mistake It's a hard world Enough to make your heart break
you just heard the Eurythmics and Aretha Franklin singing Sisters Are Doing It For Themselves. That was Grace's pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were saying, like, I don't know what I had to say about this song before I started recording. I mean, but, yeah, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> like, this is not much, you know, which I love songs like that. Like, Working Woman is a similar kind of song. There's not, like, layers of nuance. It's, like, right there in your face. It doesn't mean that there's not a lot of meat on the bone, but it just means it's accessible immediately. It's all there in the title, like women being able to like provide for themselves and, and make the lives that they want. And I love that it's a collaboration between the Eurythmics and Aretha Franklin because they're two of my favorite, you know, acts. Feels intersectional, felt like, you know, ahead of its time. It's just fun. <laughs> it's just a good jam too. Of which we're gonna turn the clock back a little bit to the seventies, the women's music movement, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I've talked about it a bunch of times now on the podcast but like this is all music I really want to like but the purpose of it was not to be for like these virtuoso musicians who are going to do something pleasant like in a way it like came out of like sort of East Village folk coffee houses but there's also a rejection of it like this is supposed to be like feminist music that literally anybody can pick up an instrument and play along to so that mm -hmm. means it uh, can be tough to listen to sometimes, <laughs> much like, you know, much like early Riot Girl, right? Like yeah, Bikini yeah. Kill was kind of like, they make me feel really pumped up. But after a couple minutes, I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> Take a break. Yeah, I know yeah. that's just me. But also this music is not meant for you to sit around and listen to. It was meant for right, you to, it's not go to the show and sing along. Yeah. yeah. It's supposed to bother you a little. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was thinking about making like a feminist music playlist, I was like, I gotta go with this one because of the title. And I found out about this album when it came out back in like two thousand six or something and they were marketing it as like proto Riot Girl, Proto Slater Kinney. I snapped it up. And I haven't actually gone back and listened to much of the album, but I want to now. So <laughs> Because awesome. the songs are really like funny and, yeah. uh, you know, it's still unfortunately relevant. So we're going right. right. <laughs> to listen to uh, Papa Don't Lay That Shit On Me, which is the name of the compilation album that came out about 10, 20, 10 years ago, 20 years ago <laughs> from the Chicago Women's Liberation Rock Band. Keep on trucking, mama, truck to the break of day. 
Kiss your belly before 
And then Grace, we had a Twitter thread where, yeah, you know, I, I, it wasn't your list; it was my list that was looking very uh, monochromatic. Yeah. So I thought it could be good to like crowdsource from other people country music songs that weren't like based in like white feminism that weren't just like white street girls. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's I feel like you know a lot of the visibility in the industry, like the opportunities of you know media attention and record deals and those kind of things go to white straight girls like me so it can be harder to to find the other stuff you got to actually look for it even within the mainstream music industry like there's a big push starting you know a couple years ago like let's get more women on the radio let's get more women on the radio and some of the people i was talking to i was like so are you only going to focus on white women i think one thing that i've I guess I'm trying to learn and remind myself and teach myself is that I already have power, I already have agency, and I can do something with what I have now. So if, you know, any DJs that are out there, like, you have that agency, you know, and whatever you're allowed to do, like, you should do. <laughs> the older I get, the less I'm trying to, like, pretend I don't have power, you know, and the more I'm trying to use that power to actually change things. For you, like, what was that process like to, like, find, find the power and figure out how to use it? Well, you know, I think to, for this record in particular, well, you know, signing with Empress was really liberating because it was working with people that I knew believed in me. You know what I mean? 2020 and just, you know, that really, it, I think it just sharpened the focus, you know, and you don't know who's going to be around and you don't know if your lungs will work. And, you know, so if you want to make that record, like make it now and make it right, you know, and, and do it the way that you want to do it. And so, you know, not to sound too dramatic about it, but it, it definitely had like that feeling of urgency, you know, the whole time just driving out there was terrifying, you know, yeah. we didn't know if the virus was airborne or if it was surfaces or like, you know, so I was like disinfecting everything. That was the summer of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And so there was a lot of just a lot of emotions, a lot of like, you know, a bunch of fear, a bunch of anger, but then also a lot of joy because we were, you know, the musicians, we were all in the studio for the first time in, in months and playing with other musicians for the first time in months. Just being around other human beings, even if they're six feet away behind a mask or in a different room recording or whatever, just the ability to make music with other humans in a room was magical. I realized we forgot, or I forgot to say the name of the song we just listened to as well. I think I would imagine Alison Russell had a similar experience because Outside Child is such like oh, a... Man. It had an incredible record. And so, yeah, so when I had asked on Twitter, like, let's let's find some songs, you suggested Persephone, actually. Yeah, I love this song. I love this song. It's so cool. I mean, I feel like that whole record is, it's like a love letter to the city that she grew up in, and <clears throat> but also her processing her own, like, trauma and turning it into art in a really personal and vulnerable and brave way. I think that people think that, like, like strength is is just a big loud aggressive sound or or attitude or swagger and for me like real strength is the courage to be vulnerable that way on such a personal level like i just have so much respect for her for excavating 
her childhood and, and her trauma and, and her own vantage point of the world and turning it into songs like this. But this one is so cool because it's, it's like a childhood friend and, and first love, you know, who <laughs> was sort of like a safe space in the middle of the chaos. And it's just a beautiful little love song. Yeah. Coming of age song. Like, I, I just think it's gorgeous. Yeah. And if it uh, sounds familiar, uh, Terry and I, Terry Blade and I also uh, played it for the Juneteenth episode. So there were a lot of different suggestions on that Twitter thread and kind of too many for us to put in what we're hoping will be a shorter podcast. So in the show notes, I will have a link to a Spotify playlist of feminist country music, intersectional feminist yeah. country music. <laughs> and we'll have all the songs here, plus what people suggested on Twitter. And hopefully that's the list that'll just get to keep growing and growing as more people find it and make suggestions. My next pick, this will be the last set for those of you who are listening on your various apps. And then we will listen to more music with the Patreon folks. This is Ode to My Gym Teacher by another product of the women's music movement, Meg Christian, who's like a butch uh, singer-songwriter. And uh, I'm was reminded of her. I think this song might actually be on the Papa Don't Lay That Shit On Me album, where nice. another one of hers is, but called Weeping Lesbians, which is nice. a very silly song. But yeah, so Making Gay History, which is an awesome a queer history podcast, had an episode about her a couple months ago. And oh, cool. I heard this song and I was like, this is so great. Because it, I think as we can tell from the title, Oh, to my gym teacher, it's about... Uh, specific type of woman who is often not celebrated in our culture so which woman so yeah we're gonna let that one rip and then because I thought it'd be funny to pair it together (laughs) Grace picked uh man I feel like a woman by the immortal Shania Twain so (laughs) we'll talk about it afterwards (laughs) but first Meg Christian's Ode to My Gym Teacher it on my locker and I carved it on my desk and I painted big red hearts with her initials on my books and I never knew till later why I got those funny books she was a big type woman the first to come along that showed me While the others talked of boys that they loved I'd be thinking of new aches and pains A teacher had to rub And while other girls went to the prom I languished by the phone Calling up and hanging up If I found out she was home She was a big time woman The first 
I feel amped up just thinking about man. I feel like a woman, but that horn <laughs> intro is so good. Yeah, just living in my brain. And that music yeah. video was also like a like a light bulb moment for me. <laughs> With everyone wearing ties and yeah, 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 and all that good stuff. But yeah, so what speaks to you about this song other than the fact I that mean, it's, it's very fun? fun. It's yeah, super fun. And yeah, I think that like you know she was cool because she introduced a lot of rock to country music, which wasn't really a thing you know when she was coming up and i love i just love the whole the attitude of like the 90s you know country divas like there were so many good ones you know martina mcbride we had the chicks you had like just women that just weren't afraid it was just kind of balls to the wall and just like you know loud voices and loud you know loud songs like this one and yeah it's just it's a fun song but i think also you know it it makes you kind of think about like, you know, what does it mean to be a woman? What is femininity? This is a perfect one to go with the last song because it's sort of a butch and femme, like two sides of a coin. But I personally love sequins and, <laughs> you know, false lashes. And I like I like that, you know, so I think it's OK to like that. I think it's OK to like both things. Maybe you're one on a Monday and another one on a Tuesday. And that's OK, too. I don't think there's a wrong way to be a woman, really. As long as you're being the woman that you want. I have so much respect for like butch lesbians and butch queer folks because like, you know, if you're a woman and you present as butch, like you're just visible in a way, you know, in our society and like you're countercultural in a really visible way. And so, you know, it's sort of similar to like women that wear a hijab, you know, it's just like or women who are not white, <laughs> like, you know, you're just you're visible immediately in the culture as being different. And, and not like the, you know, the the sanctioned norm, you know, <laughs> or whatever. So I think that it, it takes a lot of respect and, and it takes uh, respect in, in yourself. It takes a lot of like, 
you know, knowing who you are and being fearless about about it. Really, it just comes down to like having the courage to be yourself. I love clothes. I love makeup. I love hair. I think like all of those things. It's easy to write them off as like silly, but you know, the way that we present our image is a way of of communicating who we are, and it's a powerful tool in every society throughout history. Before we get into the last song, Grace, how can people find you and tell you how amazing you are? Instagram is like at Grace Pettis, Twitter's at Grace Pettis, Facebook is Grace Pettis Music, and it's P-E-T-T-I-S. I'm on Patreon, you know, backsplash, backslash, there it is, Grace Pettis and at gracepettis.com. In terms of all the housekeeping stuff for this podcast, Linktree has all my socials, send me music through Submit Hub, paid or free. And that music will probably go on the blog instead of the podcast, since I'm doing these kind of more curated episodes. But it's a good way for me to hear new music, so maybe it will be on the podcast someday. And uh, there's merch. There's a Rainbow Rodeo zine about queer country music. And hopefully uh, soon I'll be getting my button to gear to get the second one going. And yes, all that stuff, if you want to find ways to give me money, is in the show notes too. (laughs) Uh, there will also be links to the Spotify playlist that we mentioned in the show notes. Um, yeah, that's it. So uh, thanks so much for coming, Grace. Uh, I really appreciate your time. Let's go, girls.
like a woman. All original content is copyright Adobe and Teardrops. All original music is copywritten by their respective artists.